is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is fr- it is Friday, September 25th, 2020, season 16, episode number 31. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, Dave and Amber at their homes. And I've got 45 minutes to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Seahawks. Uh, we're going to do a game preview for you guys here a little later in the show. We'll have our uh, normal I know, I think, I have no idea uh, later in the show as well. And at some point in this show, Nick's going to tell us who's going to win. Amber's going to tell us the score. And Dave will give us some kind of great insight as to what's going to happen on Sunday. How's everybody doing today? Great. Okay, okay great. Amazing. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's jump right in. we got to start with injuries. There are three guys in particular we need to talk about. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Tyron Smith, and Demarcus Lawrence. Nick, why don't you start us off? What are we hearing at this point about Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs? Uh, well, he practiced yesterday, so that, that's a good thing. And I think Dave said it best. Uh, he has to play, so he <laughs> he he's gonna play. I mean, I no matter what, I don't he's know playing. if he can lift his arm over over his head, but he's gonna have to play. No, I, I just again, I, I think it was kind of more of a, a precautionary thing. Uh, that's my guess. You know, to, when you don't practice on Wednesday but you come back Thursday, you just need a little bit of rest. You know, the, these guys are. Are, are not used to it. You can play at Alabama all you want to. Uh, that's one of the you know the premier you know programs in the country. But it still, it's a big jump to go to the NFL. And I think that these rookies still have to learn how to kind of get their bodies ready for each game. And and, and maybe that that's all it is. But I think he's going to play in this game. What are we hearing about Demarcus Lawrence? I'll let Dave take that one. He's progressing nicely, hmm. um, which it's a weird. Still still adjusting to this new schedule because, like, for years we say, if he's practicing Friday, he's probably going to play. Well, Friday's not a practice day anymore. So, Amber, typing something over there. Jeez. I hate when people uh, do that. <laughs> I know. It's the worst. Pot, it's meat, the absolute kettle. Worst. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Saturday's the practice day. So we'll see what happens, but I lean toward thinking Demarcus Lawrence is going to be available. All right, and uh, and I, obviously Tyron Smith to me is the biggest one uh, at this point that you're trying to keep an eye on. Uh, what are we hearing about about Tyron? I'm trying to read through Jerry's answers here of what he said on the the, the radio this morning. Um, it sounds like he said nothing, like at all, <laughs> like just a bunch of stuff that you know. We'll see how things go, but. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I just don't get the feeling he's going to play this week. I, mm-hmm. I. I could be wrong on that, but neither do I. I just. No. You know, I don't think he's playing. And I, I. If you. If you don't come back and beat the Falcons, I mean, I just think I'm not saying he plays because he's. he's still the injury is the most important thing. And getting the body, you know, getting the, the player ready to go. But I just feel like there's a there's a less sense of urgency to rush these guys back because the tackles did a decent job and they, they got over 500 yards and so you know they could probably you know do it again if they needed to I, I just don't think there's they're going to rush him back Amber how are you feeling about Tyron not potentially not playing 
Well, this is this was going to be part of my I know. I was going to say <laughs> I know that the Cowboys are able to win games without their starting two tackles. So we saw it last week. At least I feel obviously you're never going to feel great without having Tyron or Lyle Collins out there playing with you. But at the same time, like we spoke earlier this week, I do feel a lot better about the tackles that we currently have and, and, and hope that obviously their game is not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes, but at least they can do enough to help you still get a win. You know, I, I'm, I think I'm more concerned about this than, than you guys seem to be. And I know the tackles did okay last week. I still point back to early in the game when Deion Jones was blitzing and yeah. they just weren't picking things up. And you talk about a team that can't get pressure in Seattle unless they blitz their monster, <laughs> Jamal Adams. And by the way, they like to do it. And so Bring it. I, I look at that and I'm like, if he's moving all over this defensive front and the Cowboys are having to adjust on the fly to who's blocking whom, that just has a lot of bad things written all over it for me. And I think that's the one thing that, that if you're looking at the matchup Cowboys offense from Seattle versus Seattle defense, that's the one area where I think they really could make a difference. Like, I don't think they're going to get a normal uh, a pass rush off their, their front four. I don't think their secondary can hold up against these three wide receivers the Cowboys have. I do think that they can equalize that some using Jamal Adams to blitz. And if you don't have the experience, I think that can be a problem. What do you guys think about that analysis? Uh, I, I just was it bu- go ahead. Was it, so, so Dave, was it Bucky that was it Bucky that said good quarterbacks beg the defense to blitz or was it Nick? I that don't was remember. Nick. That was Nick that yeah. said that. I mean, I said that because uh, yeah, Parcells would yeah, always that was say a Parcells that. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with Bill Parcells. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so um, yeah, bring your bring your best DB. Like get your best DB out of the secondary. Right. I'll take that's, that all day. That's and what I look at. Jamal Adams. If Jamal Adams has two sacks, that's fine. I mean, like Dak will, Dak will get his, and like I mean, yeah, it it is problematic, but it ain't like that on its own is not enough to swing this, in my opinion. Like if that's the only thing the Seahawks defense has going for them, I'll take that all day. Man, I wish this guy was on the Cowboys team. You know, like when there was some talk about it, that would have been awesome. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I know Dave, he's an LSU guy, and he's from here in Dallas area, but. I'm not buying the whole. I got people in Dallas that tell me that that, <laughs> they, that I'm not good and all that. If you need all that stuff, it's a, for he said extra motivation. Yeah. How about the fact that you get 16 of these games, and you you're making millions of dollars, and you, they gave three first round picks or, or for whatever for you. Like that should be good enough. Don't yeah. try to make up some crap that somebody here said that you were not good. Who? Yeah, I, that, that was interesting to me because the, the quote I heard was specific to him not being good in coverage. And quite frankly, I don't think that's Dallas people saying I think that's people around the country saying that. I think there are a lot of people who analyze football that say if you want to have a knock on Jamal Adams, it is a fact that he's not a great cover guy. But let's also be very clear. In my personal opinion, he is one. Of, he's a top five defensive player in the NFL yeah. because of the difference that he makes, and that's the part. Like that's far. That's enough. Like you don't have to be a great cover guy. If you can do that, Let's if do you can something. make plays yeah. like a Troy Polamalu, where you're just all over the place and offenses have a hard time accounting for you, that's more than enough. So I don't think anybody is saying this guy can't play football and this guy's not a great football player. I think if there, I think a lot of people are saying if there's one thing you're going to ding him for, it would be his ability to cover. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's uh, let's get into some of our game preview here. Um, I have a set of questions here that I'm going to throw out to you guys, and we'll go around, and you you guys can each answer them. The first question is, if Dallas does one thing better in Week 3 than it did in Week 2, what would have the biggest impact, and how likely is that to happen? <laughs> let's start first with you, Amber. Yeah, layup. <laughs> If Dallas does one thing better in week three than week two, I would say just uh, defense. I, I'm, I'm hoping that the defense is able to put a little bit of their own game in there and, and be able to help Dallas offense because this is going to be a really tough match. It's going to be really hard to keep up with Russell Wilson. So I'm hoping that Dallas is able to to play defense better this week and hoping that Whatever deal is going on between the players and the coaching as far as simplifying the defense or some of the plays or things like that, hopefully they're, they're able to figure it out this week and, and maybe cater better to the abilities of their defense players. Okay. So I would say that. I'm going to push you a little bit there, and I want you to narrow that down a little bit for me. What part of the defense particularly do you think has to have a better week? I mean, the pass rush. It, okay. it, 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 and it's hard to say that because you talk about Russell Wilson and you know he can get rid of the ball really, really fast, but you need to absolutely get help from the pass rush because we keep talking about the secondary and all the issues that they've continuously been having there. And now with the, the losses that they had at corner, even though Trevon Dix looks like he's going to be able to play, you still need to be able to get help from, from the pass rush and just create a little bit of pressure, just a little bit. Even make him throw the pass away or something, just a tiny little bit to throw Russell Wilson off his game. I think it's going to help them a lot, but it's going to be hard. But the defense just week four, they need to – wait, what week are we on? Three. 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 Week three. Week three. Dang. Yeah. Okay, week, week three. They need to step it up. <laughs> they played two games, and they need to step it up in this game. I think uh, that that would have been already the amount of time they would have played in a preseason game. So let's say they got their preseason games out of the way. This is the week where they need to step it up. Now on a scale of one to five, with five being most likely and one being least likely, how likely are, are how likely is it that we see this pass rush? be better, significantly better than it was in week two. You asking. Amber. How likely are you asking me? Okay. Yes. Um I I I I just cannot see them honestly keep playing the way that they have. And and when you talk about competitive guys, I see these guys at the defensive line being one of the most competitive guys uh, that the Cowboys have on defense. And and you talk about Demarcus Lawrence, and we know that there is a lot of questions about him, but I know there is a lot of fire in him. And he can, even if he, depending on how what he does in the game, if he's able to play or not or whatever with the whole knee issue, I, I think that these guys are upset enough to where they will be coming out in this game and hopefully playing better than they did in the previous two games. All right, Nick, you're up. Tell us uh, what they are, what you think they would be biggest, the biggest impact they could have by doing something better this week than they did last week. Sorry, Dave. 
taking it. Um, turnovers. Don't turn. Damn I mean, it! I mean, I thought I thought that was the easy answer. I mean, turnovers. Oh, I mean, as soon as Amber didn't say, it, you jumped I, all over. I was right? like, yeah, uh, you, you can't turn the ball over four Thank times. Thank you for being more creative than that, yeah. Amber. Well, I mean, I just that they're they're three touchdowns better than the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they kick the Falcons' ass like Seattle does if they don't turn the ball over. Everybody can see that they're way better than that. So uh, just don't turn the ball over. Don't give extra possessions to Russell Wilson. And I think my answer is a four. That no, my answer is a five. That that won't happen. They're, they're not, not going to turn, turn over at that rate. They're not going to have five turnovers with two fourth down failed punts and three turnovers. They're not having that. All right, uh, Dave. That's why. Like that. That is so unusual. You know, from what we saw, that's so unusual for them to do. So that's why I, I am not expecting that to happen this week. That's unusual for most teams. Like that's not even a cowboy. Like that's just abnormal that a team has. Three turnovers and then two turnovers on downs. Like that's right. uh, that's that's just not normal in an NFL no. game. Dave. I mean, so we we addressed the pass rush and we addressed that they should probably hold on to the ball. What I you mean, got left? If those two things, <laughs> if those two things get significantly better, I really like their chances to win this game. Um, if I had to think of something else, I here we turnovers, go. but not necessarily. Because they didn't, they didn't turn it over against uh, LA, and and they still didn't start fast enough. So, um, I think the uh, the best recipe for success for this team is going to be to start faster, start hotter, um, have seven or ten or fourteen points on the board by the end of the first quarter. Uh, that hasn't really been the case through uh, two games so far. So, it doesn't mean you have to have the perfect drive on the opening possession, but get into a groove a little bit faster than they have been. I think that's going to be key against a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that, Dave, because I think if they can get an early lead, it does allow them in the second half possibly to be able to keep the ball out of Russell's hands by running the ball a little bit more. I don't think you can do that if the game's tied or if the Cowboys are behind in a, against an offense like what we see in Seattle. So I think their best chance to be able to do that is going to be about – uh, getting us into a situation where they have a lead. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, i got more questions to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Seahawks. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. 
As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Not this week, but next week, the Cowboys return to AT&T Stadium, and you should be there, too. Get your tickets to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium in Arlington Sunday, October 4th. The limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets to see the Browns, Baker, Odell. Got a lot of names over there. Yep. Yep. We'll see how good they are, but they got a lot. Definitely got a lot of names. Miles Garrett. Yep. All right, we're gonna uh, we're in our second segment here of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and uh, we're doing a game preview here. I got more questions for these guys to get you ready for Cowboys versus Seahawks. The next question: What is more important for Dallas to get a win? And we're talking about the offense, the Cowboys offense, ball control or up tempo. We saw last week when they went to up tempo. They were moving the ball really well. It also has a way of kind of taking away some of the advantage that the defense have and being able to substitute and even be able, being able to, to do certain things with their defense. What's more important in this game, controlling the ball, keeping Russ off the field, or going up tempo where your offense may be better? Let's start first with you, Dave. Ball control is how you hide a weak offense. Like, that's what ball control is for. Uh, no, G- get up tempo, score some points, let's have some fun. I think the key to winning is going to be red zone, in my opinion. Like, you got to cash in. No kicking, no failed fourth down conversions, yada, yada, yada. Score touchdowns because you're going to need them. Um, The Seahawks, I feel like, unless somebody gets hurt, I think they're a lock to score 31 points or more. Um, So I'm saying score touchdowns, up-tempo, Whatever helps your offense succeed. Ball control is for when you have a rookie quarterback or a bad quarterback, and the Cowboys don't have either of those things. All right. Nick. Yeah. I, I thought when you were asking the question, you were saying, like, like hang on to the football type thing, like like trying to don't turn it over. No, I'm, saying, thinking, I'm thinking more slow the game it, down yeah, no. and, and do the things you need to do to keep Russell off the field. Is that your best offense to keep him off the field? No. Is that your best way to win? Or do you go up tempo and just go, hey, if we get in a track meet, we get in a track meet? No, I, I, as he can come back if they're down, but it still makes them one-dimensional. I mean, if you, if you have a lead and you're scoring points, they're going to get away from what they want to do. And they want to run the ball some with Carson. It's not like they, they just run it, you know, they let Russell do whatever he wants. But, I, no, I, I think that Dave's right. I think you you this you got to score points here. Um, you know it's going to you know it's like racing Usain Bolt. I mean you know he's fast, so you better you better run. I mean th- th- you know what he is. So, all right, Amber, ball control or up tempo? <laughs> I'm gonna pick both, and don't be trying to challenge me on this one. I I don't want to think further, but I'm picking a combination of both. The Cowboys need to do both depending on Steak where the game is at. You know? I think they start off the game <laughs> they start off the game up tempo, just going at it, trying to score. And obviously, depending where you're at in the second half of the game, if you're up, I would expect them to try to kill time by controlling the ball and keeping the ball longer on the offense. But a combination of both and let me say this, I actually really, really liked the no huddle 
thing that they did last week. I like that it kept the momentum going, and it seemed like it was really helpful to their game last week. So I hope to see some of that. I don't really know um, the disadvantages or advantages uh, in comparison to like what helps them out, them out the most, but I liked what I saw last week in regards to having no huddle, going for it, let's just keep playing. So it sounds like you're saying up-tempo is the answer because if you're if you're successful in up-tempo and you can score a lot of points, then you would maybe consider ball control. But at first it has to start with them being up-tempo and being able to score a lot, right? Is that what you're saying? I suppose, yeah, okay. if you want to... Uh, well, I'm just trying to figure out what's what more said, important. Yes. What's more important, I guess, is what I was trying to get. Because I know, you're right, there's no, there's nothing that's going to be absolute in this game. No. Like there's, there's, You're going to see a lot of different kinds of things. It even goes to our next question I'm going to ask. But, but I'm trying to figure out what's more important. Well, but, you know, if you listen to what Bucky said, though, he basically said both. Yeah. He said, you know, move, get up to the line of scrimmage quickly. It's that hurry up to wait. You know, you hurry up, you hurry up, you can't substitute. If you do try to substitute, we're going to snap it. But I'm still going to, you know, slow this thing down and just still find the Take best time matchup. Off the clock, yeah. So, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, Bucky kind of said both as well. I mean, you got to score points without a doubt. You got to score and do whatever you have to to score. But, but also, you got to remember that Zeke's your guy. You know, and if you can run the ball with him, that's the maybe the best way to keep the ball in your hands. Okay, I'm going to preface this next question by saying I understand, Amber, that this is going to be both. They're going to do both, <laughs> but. My question for okay, you guys, uh, Derek. I know, I know where you're going. Go I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I know. Hold I picked on. two games, two scores hold last on. week. <laughs> I know. The thing is, yeah. you you still don't know. You don't really know what um, Seattle's offense is really gonna be doing. Like you don't know how the game is gonna go. So at the same time, I wonder. Okay. Do you need to give some help to the defense, to your own defense, as far as like how much time are you allowing them to be on the field? You know they haven't necessarily be, been playing well. So there's a lot that goes into account. But yes, I, I guess uh, keep up-tempo, score some games and all that. But it, I think you just need to create a really, the right balance for, the whole, for both. Got it. So that being said, which is more important on the defensive side of the ball, blitzing uh, Rus Russell Wilson or containing Russell Wilson? Do you want to keep him in the pocket and make him throw from there? Or do you want to go get him and risk the fact that he's going to get out and be able to throw on the run? Let's start first with you, Amber. Okay, blitzing. I think blitzing because I, I realistically, I find it very hard to contain Russell Wilson. So if you're going to invest more energy towards one of the other, I think that you might have a little more success in blitzing. All right. Nick? Uh, I agree with that. I mean, you can't obviously do it every play, but I do think that, you know, I, I'd rather get him, you know, get the ball out quicker. And also, these cornerbacks are, are you know, they're all they're all banged up. And, you know, the ones that, that aren't are, you know, I mean, out of the league all offseason, Brandon Carr, and out of the league for a little while, and Daryl Worley until they got signed in late in the free agency, and Trayvon Diggs was out of the league because he was in college. You know, so like, <laughs> you know, these guys were not like necessarily, you know, you know, staples in an NFL roster. And then now they, uh, you know, they're going to be the guys that cover. So I would, I would say, blitz, get the ball out of his hands quicker. All right, Dave. How often under the last regime did we talk about keep him in the well? 
you know? Mm-hmm. Keep him inside the pocket, contain him. How often did that, like, really work? <laughs> Feels like it never really did. Uh, which, my my real answer to the question is, does it matter? Because uh, I think Russell Wilson's going to have success no matter what. Yeah. But if if faced with these two choices, I, I'd rather pressure him. Uh, because like he'll break a few of them, but if you can blow up the play, I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers. The most successful game the Cowboys ever played against Aaron Rodgers was when David Irving just destroyed the line half the time. You know, he had three sacks and a fumble recovery, got right in his face right away. That's obviously not blitzing, but the quicker you can break up, the quicker you can collapse the play, the the better off you are. And he'll burn you a few times too, but. If you just try to contain him and let him hang around back there, I think that's that's going to be ugly too. So I'd rather I'd rather risk it for the biscuit, I guess. Yeah, I think contain only works when you got great cornerbacks and great safeties that can cover for longer than two seconds, right? If you don't have that, then you better be getting pressure on the quarterback and force them into making throws quick and early. And I know, look, I, I look at this game and I'm saying, if Russ ends up having, you know, if he rushes the ball for. 50, 60, maybe even 70 yards, and they don't have as productive a passing day, I think that's okay. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that as opposed to him sitting back there and, and picking the Cowboys apart because they're not really sending any pressure at him, and you're just relying on the front four to get there, and they're not able to get there consistently. And then he's just hitting DK Metcalf down the field wide open or lock it, lock it down the field wide open. I think that's a much harder I think that's going to be a much harder game for the Cowboys to win uh, so I think you actually have to to send some pressure at him send some different exotic looks at him maybe blitz a safety maybe blitz a corner do some different things so hopefully you can get some some sacks in some situations where you can catch him off guard now he's a veteran he's seen everything but hopefully you can catch him off guard a few times and make it make some some game-changing type plays all right here's what we're going to do we got this final question I have for you in the game preview it is if the Cowboys win the primary reason will be blank. Dave, we're going to start with you. You know my answer. Come on. It's going to be because of Dak Prescott, obviously. And I will say, if the Cowboys win, I think their most likely strategy for winning will involve a healthy dose of Zeke in the second half if they have a lead or are trading leads or whatever. But it's on the quarterback, man. Like I said, I mean, I I think the Seahawks are damn near a lock to score 31 points. So, you need four touch, you need four or five touchdowns to win this game, maybe six, and that's going to be on your QB. Uh, and he's he's off to a really great start. Um, I know they didn't win the first game, but I still thought he played really well. So, this is this is a big lit, litmus test for Dak if he can if he can outpace Russell Wilson. I think it's it's not all on very much on him. All right, Nick. I, I like the interior line for the Cowboys. I, I think uh, Connor Williams, Zach Martin, and, and Joe Looney. You said it that last week or earlier this week that Joe Looney thinks is a big test for him. I think you know that's where those blitzes are going to be coming. Obviously, usually they they come from there. Um, and I think that running the ball with Zeke and, and, and keeping that yes, the uh, the tackles are going to you know they're going to be struggling at times just because it's hard to block out there. Especially they've only started two games each over there. Um, but I, I just think if they if the Cowboys are going to move the ball, give Dak enough time, it's going to be because of that offensive line up front. I think those guys, that's a really big key. And and, and if they do that, then I think Dave's right. It, Dak will make his plays and throw the ball around, and then they'll have some fun pitch and catch and all that. But it's going to start right there at the front of that offensive line. Amber, if the Cowboys win, the primary reason will be blank. 
I think um, it will be because they had a successful passing game. I, even though I, I like having Zeke run the ball, at the same time, I wonder if he'll be used more for blocking or helping out a little more in the blocking game because of the guys that they currently have uh, on their defense out there in Seattle. So I, I can see this game be relying a lot more on the passing game. And after the game that Dak had last week, I expect it to be that way. So if they win, it's because it worked out for Dak and his arm and the receivers were catching balls. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get into a little I know, I think, I have no idea. We'll also hopefully get some fan questions from you guys. Amber has some questions lined up there. And then we'll give you our predictions for the game, Cowboys versus uh, Seahawks. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Before you get those Cowboy tickets to next week's games, make sure you know before you go. There's some changes at AT&T Stadium, but you have to wear a mask. You keep your distance. Be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. Welcome. Safe stadium. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, and we are going to uh, finish this show up strong. We're going to do a little bit of I know, I think, I have no idea. What we do in this segment is we're going to go around the room. Everybody's going to give their I know, just their I know. Then we'll go around the room, and everybody will give their I think, and then everyone will give their I have no idea. All right? So here's what I know, and then we'll move around the room. I know Russell Wilson will be a problem for the Dallas Cowboys defense. And I know Jamal Adams will be a problem for the Cowboys' offense. Wow. Nick, you're up next. What do you know? 
<laughs> so Russ is going to be good and Joel Adams is going to yes. be good. They're both going to be a problem. Dang, All right. Derek, they don't pay you enough. Hey, hold on, Nick. Hold on, hold on. Derek, I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> sure. That, those are obvious points. Those are obvious points. So please, tell me exactly how you think Russell Wilson and Jamal Adams how that's going to affect and disrupt the game for the Cowboys. I think Jamal be Adams, more specific. I think Jamal Adams is going to be a problem blitzing. I think the Cowboys will have no answer for him because he'll be all over the field and they will not adapt well to that. And I think Russell Wilson will get out of the pocket quite a bit. And I think when he gets out of the pocket, he will kill them with his legs as well as kill them with passes downfield. So both of those players will be big problems for the Cowboys offense and defense. And by the way, when I say I know, it needs to be something that you know. Not you think, not you have a pretty good inclination on, something that you know. All right? Amber, you're up next. Okay. It's Nick's turn. All right. I, I know the Cowboys are, are catching a major break right. with, with no fans being there. You know, when you look at, at the differences, and the Cowboys have played Seattle a lot, and it's tough to go up there and win. There's no doubt about it. But they've had some success here uh, when, when they played. Even on games when Seattle was way better than the Cowboys, like 2015, they, they hung in there. And so I think now, I mean, you're talking about almost a neutral site, really. I think the Cowboys are catching a major break because when you think about at Seattle, it's not going to be what it always is. And I think that that's a big, big break for the Cowboys. All right. Amber, you're up. I, I said it earlier, the whole, like, I know that the Cowboys are able to win games now that I saw last week uh, without their starting two tackles. All right. Dave? Fantastic point. Um, I know which, speaking of which, even though they're not available, I know the Cowboys have the better roster in this game. You know, that goes back to the classic debate that we've had a million times over how talented they are. I think you put them on paper, you take the Cowboys roster 10 times out of 10. But the Seahawks have the better quarterback. The Seahawks have the best player in this game. And that's really the story of it for me is, is all that talent on the Dallas roster good enough to overcome beating the best player on the field and maybe the best player in the league? All right. Let's go through a round of I think. I think the Dallas offense can match Seattle's scoring. However, I actually think it's going to be very similar to last week. I think the, uh, this offense is going to have some challenges throughout this game from that Seattle defense. I think they're going to probably have some turnovers, whether that's fumbles or interceptions. And I think they're going to have some moments where you're going to be like, man, they're not being able to get things going. And it's not going to be, again, because the offensive playmakers are not able to make plays, which I think that was the fallacy of the way a lot of people looked at last week's game. They thought Dak was struggling for part of the game. He was not. It was a situation where they would get going and then they would have a mistake and the mistake would kill their drive, whether that's a turnover or a silly penalty, whatever it might be. I think it's going to be something similar this week, but I do think overall the Cowboys offense can match up with the Seattle offense and can score with them and, and be right there in the game at the end. Nick, what's up? Next. I, think, I think Michael Gallup's going to have a big game. I think that that's the key here. Uh, Cooper, um, CD, we've seen it in the first two games. Gallup really – he's had some big plays late in the game, of course, but I think that he's going to have a, 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 his best game of the season, and I, I just think that they can't cover everyone. And if their best safety is going to be playing more like a linebacker, that's going to open them up even more. There's no way Seattle's got three cornerbacks that can handle those three, I think, big game for Gallup. Amber. 
Um, we'll be ta we've been talking a lot about the Cowboys' defense and, and the struggles that they've been having, but I do think that this week they'll be able to play better. Now, I don't know if that'll be enough to to actually help the Cowboys win, but I think they'll they'll be able to manage to make some good plays, some important plays in there in the game, and be able to just perform better overall compared to the first two weeks. All right, Dave. Um, curveball of some sort because anytime the talking points are this obvious, the, there's all like there's gonna be one, and that I mean you know I think it's still gonna be a quarterback heavy game. We're gonna see a lot of points. I I would be surprised if we don't. But when I just when I say curveball, um, a guy we're not talking about whether it's you know, you know maybe one of these pass rushers has like a crazy good game. Whether it's Tank or Alden Smith, like maybe somebody breaks out of a rut, or or maybe you know Jalen Smith, who who people have been dogging, gets a pick, or maybe on the Seahawks side. Chris Carson mm -hmm. just has a way better game than people are expecting. Like, holy crap, Chris Carson ran for 140 on these guys? That ain't good. Just something like that. Because anytime the storylines are this obvious, there's there's bound to be some sort of surprise. You know, I agree with you on that. I actually think Chris Carson, Carson's going to have a really good game. I, I don't know what it is, but I just think I think they want to run the ball, and I think they look at this Cowboys offense, and they're probably having that same conversation we've been having during this show about whether their best uh, their best offense, to some degree, is trying to keep the ball out of the hands of this Cowboys uh, offense. So I kind of wonder if, if they're going to try to run the ball a little bit more this week than they may have the first two weeks so that they don't end up in that kind of track meet. And I think Chris Carson is a very, very capable running back. All right, finally, let's get to what I have no idea about. And I have no idea who on the Dallas defense can make a play to get a stop in a critical moment. And I think this game does come down to a critical moment. One of these two defenses is ultimately going to make a stop. I don't think they're going to make stops all day. I think the, the, the game, the team that ends up winning will have the defensive player that makes a play in a critical moment of the game that ultimately gives their offense an opportunity to win it. Nick, what do you have no idea about? Uh, I really have no idea how Mike McCarthy, you know, calls games. And, and that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, because we always talk about being predictable and, and all that. So, uh, you know, there's there's going to be calls every week. You know, we, we sit up there in the press box or wherever. We, we don't agree with, with you know, some things we do, some things we don't. I, I don't have a good feel. Of it. I think he's going to be aggressive, but, but you know, when is he going to pick his spots there, and, and, and is he going to scale back from that? Does he realize that maybe I shouldn't be so aggressive there? So I don't have a good feel of how McCarthy's calling games, and again, like I said, I don't know if that's bad. It's interesting he mentioned earlier this week he's always been an aggressive caller, an aggressive coach when it comes to game day strategy. I think he mentioned that was a fourth and 24 that he went for uh, on that press conference that he was on earlier this week. So, and he said they actually converted it. So he, he's always said he's always been a a a, a guy that's that's really really pushed the envelope. And so I think we just have to get used to the idea that he's going to be aggressive. And uh, I know Dave loves that, so we'll, I'm sure Dave will be happy with it. Amber, what you got? It's funny because that's exactly what I was going to uh, say as well. Just I have no idea. Um, just a calling. And, and the, I don't know if it's going to work out in their advantage this week. It, 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 it might come down to a play decision that maybe it wasn't the right call or maybe it was the right call. And then again, the players weren't able to execute it well on the field, but it's going to be critical this week to be able to 
make the right calls at the right time and not like you can there's no room here for mistakes okay so i just have no idea how the call playing it's gonna be this week and if it's gonna end up working in their advantage again all right dave i have no idea I mean, I mean, I have no idea how the Cowboys defense is going to do enough to limit Russ, but that's obvious. I I think more of like the big picture. I have no idea what this game is going to mean if they lose it. Uh, I mean, if they win, I think that says a lot. I think I feel comfortable saying I think the Seahawks are going to be in the playoffs. They almost always are. This could be a big statement win for them. But what does it mean if they lose? Uh, and, and how do they lose? Obviously, I mean, if they go up there and play like crap. That's a different story from if they just come up short. But how do you evaluate this team um, if they can't get it done? You know, this is a team a lot of people are picking to win 10, 11, 12 games. They would have two losses halfway through September. Um, You know, are they good enough to bounce out of that and reel off four or five, six wins in a row to compensate? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, So kind of I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I know it would be big if they win. But I don't know how to react to it if they lose, if that makes sense. That's good. That's good. All right, Amber, let's go ahead and get a couple fan questions. I think we may be able to get one or two here before we end the show. Okay, I have someone who's asking, how is Tristan Hill doing? He seems like he was in the Falcons' backfield a lot last week. So how would you rate his performance so far in the season? I think he has. He played. looks slippery, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good word. Like, like he gets like he gets around blocks. He gets yeah. into the backfield. If you go watch the tape, I thought he had a handful of really good pressures. It seems like he's got work to do in the run game. I thought I saw you know the interior guys on the Falcons push him back a good bit. Um, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen from a pass rushing standpoint for sure. And when you compare it to what you thought probably coming out of last season, I think he is spades better than than what we all expected of him at this point. Uh, in his, in this, you know, going into second year. So I think he's been pretty good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Amber. Um, I have a question about Tony Pollard. Are you guys expecting to see more of him this week? Um, not if he's seven yards deep in the, you know, in the, in the end zone. I hope not. <laughs> oh, why? He's, he's got to be getting coached to, to do that or to, to say, hey, if you see it and you think you can do something with it, you should. And I, I will say this. There was one time in particular where I was watching him come out and he got it back to more than 25. So, right. you know, if you get beyond the 25, you've, you've gotten yeah, better you just, net yards. You so you got to remember that how many times blocks in the back are yeah. called on kickoff True. returns. It just it, it's not worth it, really. I mean, now, of course, he, he might bust one out for like 75 yards or a touchdown. And then we're like every time, you know, yeah. Cordell Patterson style. But uh, he's not there yet. But as for as for running the ball and and. You know, I yeah, I think I think he'll just get the occasional amount. I mean, he got the first two carries of the game, right? The other day, he fumbled yeah. one of them. And they didn't go back to that. I mean, <laughs> they they started off with that 20 personnel with two running backs and three three wide receivers, yeah. and they didn't really go I don't think they went back to that at any other point in the game. Do you notice that, David? No. At any point they kind of go back to that? I think Mike was just trying to shut us all up. He was like, "Fine, here's your 20 personnel. <laughs> now leave me alone." And then uh, put the tight end in. I'm I'm the Tony Pollard guy, and I mean, based on last week, I'm not I'm not chomping at the bit to see more between the kickoffs and then fumbled had it had it given back because he was down, but still ball security, and then his other run, I think he he cut 
he cut the wrong way. Like he could have had a better run if he had made a different cut. And I mean, I'm not saying put him on the bench forever, but it was not his best performance last week. But I, I'm always in favor of packages that get speed on the field. So yeah. if you can get him six to 12 touches, it's a okay with me. Look, the, the hard part here is that as much as we think, or I'll speak for myself, as much as I think of Tony Pollard, I just I'm in love with Zeke too. So it's not like I'm pushing for Pollard to get out there. I'm like. You're fine with what you got. You got one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL. So taking him off the field to, to you know put Pollard on or give Pollard more opportunity, I'm not really pushing for that. If it happens, great, if Pollard can do something with it. But, I mean, Zeke is, Zeke is the dude. Like That's the guy you want getting the ball if you're handing it off. All right, real quick before we end the show, let's go ahead and get some predictions here. Uh, today we're going to start with Dave. Give me your prediction for... Uh, this upcoming game, Cowboys versus Seahawks. Okay, so we did this thing last year where they kicked everybody's butt for three weeks and then they started losing and it just felt like every week you were like, okay, well, this is this is the week that they're going to snap out of it and they'll do this and they'll fix these problems. So I could sit here and say, you know, this will be the week that the pass rush gets home and, and they'll play a lot better on defense and they'll be able to stop Russell Wilson uh, but I, I, I need to see it to believe it, basically. Um, I, and I think, you know, people love to hate on me because of the way I kind of revere the Packers. But, but when you're as consistent as a guy like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are in this league, that counts for a lot to me. And Russell Wilson is definitely on that level where I got to see you beat him to believe it, basically. And I know they beat him in the playoffs a couple years ago, but that was a different Seahawks team and a different Seahawks approach. I think they're a lot more comfortable putting it in Russell Wilson's hands. And I just – I think the Cowboys have the horses to keep up on offense, but I just worry about that defense. And playing at home, I, I got to give the nod to Russell Wilson. I think, you know, Seahawks win by a score of like 34 to 28 or 38-34. A 3-5 to point Seahawks win, but I think it's going to be really exciting. All right. Amber. This is going to be really stupid, but I don't care. Uh, you guys know very well how much, and, and I've talked about how I like seeing how a person is feeling and their mannerisms and behavior and all that. Well, this year we don't get to go to the locker room. So when I'm in the office where I do the show, my view, I get to see exactly where Dak Prescott and the quarterbacks walk out. Last week, when we were doing the show, I saw Dag walking out with a lot of energy, nice little walk, and I'm like, man, watch this guy win this week. But I chose that they were going to lose mainly because of the injuries that they had. I couldn't get past that. This week, Dag's walk was a little lower, just kind of more chill, not as hyped. It had a little, little hop to it that gave me a vibe that eh, we could win this game, but we might lose. So... I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, they're going to lose this game. It's going to be a close one, just like Dak's walk. It wasn't fully 100% confident. So I'm merely basing this on his walk, okay? So they're <laughs> close game, and it's just going to be a difference of like four points, but it's going to be in the 30s, I think. All right. Nick. I Cowboys like lose. 
I mean, what if the guy has a stomach ache? You know, like, what if he's not feeling good? He has to go to the bathroom or something. You're like, you're going to pick the game based off of that? Uh, maybe. Hey, yes. Hey. Hey, you got to pick something. It's as good as method as any. That's true. That's true. Good as method as any. Um, <laughs> I I think, you know, I, I hear Russell Wilson is the hottest, you know, player in the league right now, and, and, and I I get that. Is he still red hot if if his cornerback doesn't stop the guy at the one yard line? I mean, if they lose and they're one and one, are we still looking at it the same? Um, he's played well, stats are great, but I mean, he didn't do anything to make sure that they didn't win that you know that game there on the goal line. And same with the Cowboys; I mean, they easily could be zero and two and and all that. So I I like I think the Cowboys will will score a lot of points. I, I definitely think that. I think the Seahawks come down to earth a little bit. Again, I think the advantage of, of not playing within that crowd, uh, uh, in front of that crowd, will help. I think the Cowboys win by two scores, 38-27. Because I think they're a better football team. I really do. Hmm. I think Russell's really good. I think he comes down a little bit. I love Cowboys it. Win. All right. I, uh, I look at this game, and I think it's going to be oh, similar. Real quick, uh-huh. and if that happens – and Mahomes, the, Mahomes' deal is not going to be good enough for Dak. It, it, if that <laughs> happens, it's going to go all, off the chain. Like it's going to be like, oh my god! Like they, now we're talking fifty million. I mean, jeez. You know, people can say that because it's not going to happen right off the bat. But I mean, jeez, it does it, get interesting. It would be all right. I think this is a game that's going to be very close, similar to last week. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, similar to last week. I think ultimately this game is going to come down to a defensive play. And I think it's going to be either Xavier Woods, Everson Griffin, or Trayvon Diggs that makes a big play that ends up winning this game for Dallas. Dallas wins 38-37 in another thrilling victory, uh, same as week two. One, another one point. Another you one know, point game. the Cowboys game. have the sixth, uh, tied for the fifth highest uh, one-point game like in, in the history of the NFL. Like That was the highest-scoring one-point game and the highest in Cowboys history. So. That would be right up. That would be like number seven or eight if they yeah. did that again. Let's, yeah. let's go. Keep it we'll up. We'll see how it goes. All right, guys. Appreciate you joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll tell you what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!